1: Sows, cows, plows Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngkin. Well,
0: I'm definitely looking forward to this Thursday Plenty of sunshine on the way And again, we're warming up 56 are expected high. Tomorrow, sunshine and 71. Saturday, sunshine and 73. Sunday, sunshine and 72. And they've even kind of decreased the possibility of rain by Sunday. How are you doing, everybody? I'm the fabulous Farm Baby Pam Yankee. So glad to join you on this, the 20th day of October. Also joining us this morning, Zach Bauer from Everag. Have you taken a look at the butter price at the grocery store lately? Man, it continues to climb Not only in Chicago, but obviously in turn at the grocery store. What's driving it? Is there an end in sight? That's the first question I'll be asking Zach this morning. And Canada has already celebrated their Thanksgiving. But many Canadians did without the Thanksgiving turkey this year. Avian influenza impacted some of those consumers. Canadian regulations impacted others. I'll explain as we roll our way through the show.
1: Soil health, it's the top priority at Midwestern BioAg. It's the first thing they consider with every product at every step. It's designed to build healthy, biodiverse soils to support healthy soil, resilient crops, and higher yields. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil. When you farm, you're always competing against your top season. Every moment is clutch. So those who push for the best choose DeKalb corn. Featuring exclusive genetics for seed bred to emerge strong, stand tall, and maximize yield potential. Wherever you compete, winning has roots. Perform at your best all season long with DeKalb corn. Read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices.
2: World Dairy Expo really brings the world to Madison and the dairy industry comes from all over the United States as well. Bob Boesel here at the Northern end of the world's longest barn. And uh, Stephanie, one of the uh, fun things to do is talk to people in the dairy industry from other parts of the world. And you had a chance to do just that.
3: Well, even in other parts of the country, it can feel like another part of the world. Dairy farming in the U.S. certainly varies by region. Weather patterns, altitude, resources, government, it all plays a role in the success or challenges that dairies face. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and I got to visit with dairyman Brad Bateman. He co-owns Bateman Mesita Farms out of Alberta, Utah, with his family. They're about an hour south of Salt Lake City. And we talk about some of those obstacles in dairy farming out west, but first he tells me about his farm and some of those similarities that he has with Wisconsin Dairies, such as being a steward of the land.
4: So we farm about 3,500 acres. We milk 8,000 cows three times a day. And uh, we have a robot. We have a new robot facility, uh, 12 robots. We're milking about 620 cows there. So we're, we're a little diversified in that. We're checking out the robot um, situation and seeing if it's viable on, on a larger scale. So we're excited about that.
3: And it's not just dairy, you also are growing your own feed, correct?
4: We do. We farm, as I said, 3,500 acres. We double crop. We grow corn and small grains. So we do wheat, barley, triticale, those, and, and silage everything. We chop everything.
3: And I'm sure on your wall of awards, there's one that notes you guys as a leader in sustainability that you won a few years back. Why don't you tell me about the conservation practices you have on farm?
4: We live in a, in a windy, kind of a light soiled area, so we have to double crop, no-till, and do some of those things to keep, uh, to keep the soil healthy and to keep the wind from moving, blowing the, the, the soil and doing things like that. That's one of the things we do. We do solar, we have a solar farm that produces about 100% of our electricity needs on a daily basis. And that's been, a, that's been a good project. We thought it would be maybe a seven or eight year payoff and it's already paid itself off in less than five years. So we like that, that was a good project. And then, you know, we reuse water. Water is out in the West, water is a big issue. It's hard for Midwest people to understand what a big deal water is, but we are so short of water out, out West, especially in Utah, we're at the epicenter of that drought and uh, we have not had the snowfall and, and the runoff that we usually get to fill our lakes and reservoirs, and so it's been very difficult.
3: Kind of along those lines, ahead of this interview, you said sustainability to you meant profitability, and you, you mentioned you have seen a return on investment on those practices. Do you want to elaborate more on that?
4: Yeah, and, and so just, uh, well, going back to the, to the uh, solar farm, just in the in the five years that we've had the solar farm we've saw three rate rate hikes and and so that's that's been a good feeling to know that we made a right decision sometimes as dairy farmers were we're often concerned about are we making the right decision is this there, there's so many places to put your your capital that you have to decide where's the best return on that investment and and like all things, um, that's that's how we uh, how we look at everything through the lens of, of is it going to give us a good return? Um, as far as sustainability goes, you know we reuse water, we flush, and and we'll, we use it multiple times until we put it out on the fields, and so that's a great resource for us because it's all of those. Um, nutrients that the crops need and and yet we're cleaning our krells with the water and so it's worked really well for us and uh, that's just a few of the the things that we do.
3: I heard one gentleman ask if you've ever thought about getting into the carbon credit space or if that's a conversation that's being had amongst you or your neighbors.
4: We have talked about that and we're not sure what direction that's going to go. We think there's a lot of possibilities there. And, and so that is definitely something that's on our radar and we're considering. And uh, we're not sure who or where, but we're, we're in those conversations, yes.
3: Now, I want to talk about some of those challenges you laid out earlier, just uh, weather and, and things that we just don't think about here in the Midwest, from, from weather to water. What are some of those things you have to think about?
4: I believe that the climates have always changed you know how what what role man has in all of this who knows some people want to exaggerate that and and make money off it and push their own agendas but we know that climates have changed our climate is changing in utah to a certain extent we're in a severe drought and with that we have had stronger winds and longer winds we usually get wind in the spring and through the summer, and, and they have been you know, 40, 50, 60 mile an hour winds, where those were rare, we, see to, we seem to see those quite often. And so how we manage our feed and our commodities, we're, we're considering building an indoor feed facility to lock that down, so, so our feed's not blown away to reduce our shrink. And we think there's a great return on that, on that uh, investment.
3: And then pressures on the water, as you outlined earlier, which you are putting in uh, another well.
4: Yes, we are adding another well, so we don't have to rely on the lake for so much of our water. And uh, that's going to be a good move, and we have the water rights to do that. Out in the west, we have to have a water right. It's not just the water. You can't just drill a drill a hole in the ground and pump water, you have to have a water right to do that. And so we've, we've uh, procured those rights and, and we're available to do that.
3: Is heat ever an issue in, in Utah?
4: Uh, yes. We had the hottest uh, summer on record in Utah this summer. We, we had so many days over 100. I can't remember where we ended up. It was 30-something days over 100 where 20 years ago we might have one or two days over 100 or none we had many summers where we were in the mid you know the highest we ever got was in the mid 90s now we have multiple days we had 108 which is unheard of in utah we're, we're fairly high altitude and we're we're in the mountains so we wouldn't think that we would have that kind of heat
3: does altitude have an impact on milk production at all?
4: Good question. Or anything I, like that? I, you know, <laughs> I am I am not sure about that. Okay. But I mean, we we know that altitude has an impact on 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 weather and on uh, frost-free days and and some of the crops that you can grow, especially when it comes to corn, some of those hybrids.
3: You know, as you see th- these pressures, um, whether it's inflationary, whether it's weather, is cattle liquidation or cattle movement out of the state? I mean, is that something that you have your eye on or is that stories that you're hearing from other dairy farmers in that area?
4: Yeah, and that's the that's the sad reality of, of a lot of this um, because of water, because of, of low milk prices. We've had uh, many dairy farms exit the business and a lot of those are our friends and that's, that's sad. That's been really sad to see some of these people leave the business, but it's, uh, again, sustainability is profitability and when you're not profitable you you can't continue to do what you do and so that's the sad part of it.
3: What policy is happening in Utah that farmers are watching or proposing regarding farming or even the National Farm Bill?
4: Yeah I I think there needs to be a move towards we, we milk a lot of cows but we have a lot of family involved and when we see policy that tries to protect small producers over large producers. It's all, it's all money. Our cost of productions are similar. And I, th- I think there's, there's always been a movement to try to divide dairy farmers from large to small. And, and I don't like that. I think all dairy farmers should be treated equally. And uh, y- you know, I would hope that uh, National Milk and, and the Farm Bill could move more in that direction because uh, you know where some of these small dairies can make a lot of money off it, it's just it's pennies to us, and and there's times when we when we need that help and we need that money, and so hopefully something can move in, in into that direction, and then you know water policy. I know that's more of a local issue, but uh, the drought is is very difficult, very difficult. Hay in Utah is is 350 to 400 dollars, and and it's it's unsustainable, really. These these feed prices.
3: And your family, this is a multi generational family farm. Remind us again how many generations are farming on it, and what do you hope uh, for those future generations?
4: Yeah, so the fifth generation is coming in, and uh, hopefully they can they'll survive this. I mean, you adapt and overcome, right? That's what we do as dairy farmers, and and uh, I think they'll be fine. But I, I yeah, I'm I'm worried about. Uh, you know several things Uh, these inflationary times feed costs there's a lot of things that that do and could keep
3: you up at night. Brad Bateman of Bateman Masita Farms in Alberta speaking about the triumphs and challenges on his family's dairy farm out west and adding how policy at the local and national level could help the next generation continue dairying. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison I'm Stephanie Hoff.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: In the field, it's good to have a friend you can count on. One that's hardworking, trustworthy, and always shows up, just like LG seeds. Our corn hybrids and soybean varieties deliver consistent performance across all your acres. Giving you reliable yield, you can expect. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information.
6: Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsalkprairie.com.
0: Sometimes people think we're the bathroom remodeling place that just covers up your old stuff. It's how Rebath got its start 40 years ago. But just as technology has improved since dial phones, we've grown to become a total bathroom remodeling company. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath,
6: making it easy to love your bath.
1: If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Or with the way the weather is going these days, getting in and out of the tractor, in and out of the semi-cab, we got a lot of things that are happening with this kind of mild weather and more sunshine on the way. Let's find out about it. Stu Mucker, ag meteorologist, joining us this morning. Yeah. I I get excited when I look at this forecast. Uh, You mentioned it yesterday. By the time we get to Sunday, we are going to be a little bit ahead of our average temperature for this time of the year, huh?
2: Oh, by that time, we're going to be 10, uh, maybe 14 degrees above average. Wow. Yeah, a real nice little quick warm-up. I mean, the weekend sounds great. The warm-up, though, does come with a rain possibility. Oh, it's nothing that's going to be moving in by tomorrow or anything. We've still got plenty of time to make a lot of progress and enjoy a dry spell with sunshine that's maybe the biggest factor there is today although there are some clouds around eastern Wisconsin I expect through the day most of us will roll into a nice mostly sunny situation and temps will be in the mid 50s getting close to our normals upper 50s 60s still with normal high at La Crosse today so we'll be a little below but a lot closer than we've been it really does sound nice We get more of that warm up for Friday and Saturday, sunshine, and in fact, up into the low 70s, I'd expect to start the weekend. But low pressure is going to develop and move east from the Pacific Northwest. Just getting a little start out there now, no precipitation to talk about. In fact, this upper system that kept it kind of cloudy and damp for a few days here is still providing a little rain snow mix in eastern parts of the UP and northern and eastern parts of lower Michigan. So it hasn't cleared out yet. But it is pulling away, and that's why we're starting to see this warm-up, this improvement, and the drier weather indeed. I expect nice, dry, pleasant conditions right on through Friday, Saturday, a little more breezy tomorrow. Be ready for that. But it does help to warm us up. That south breeze will really tap into the mild air and push those temperatures up. Some rain, showers, maybe even a thunderstorm developing quite late Sunday in the west, Sunday night for the rest of us into Monday. So a little moisture and a little bit cooler with some rain chance starting the new week. I'll have forecast details right after this.
7: My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. It seems like it never fails. I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. And sure enough, that next month I get a text or an email from that customer or they call into the office even or even come in. They want to show us their bill and say, look, zero dollars. It's always super exciting to be able to be part of that and have that joy and excitement with a customer.
1: Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McVin Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpillar Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry.
8: It's inevitable. If you're involved with farming, there's always a risk for injury or worse. That's why the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance are teaming up to bring a video safety series through the month of October called Rooted in Farm Safety. Each week, a new video will be released focusing on how you can be safer on the farm. Be sure to visit MidwestFarmReport.com or Fabulous farm Babe on Facebook for the full videos.
0: Alrighty, Stu, let's have the details on that forecast. Well,
2: they're very nice indeed, although there may be morning clouds in the east. I expect more sunshine to spread all the way from west to east today. Oh, we stay in the mid-50s. That's a little bit cooler than normal. Won't be overly windy. West winds about 5 to 10, partly cloudy overnight. Back toward the upper 30s, southwest winds develop about 5. Now we start to warm up. More sunshine for Friday, and I'd expect a lot of us in the upper 60s, maybe 70 or just above 70 in the west. With south winds 5 to 15, gusting near 25 on Saturday. Still sunny and fine. Low 70s, maybe a mid-70 at lacrosse, South winds at 5 to 15. But that rain chance, pan late Sunday, Sunday night. Could mean some showers or even a rumble of thunder as we head into Monday.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if we get this sunshine and dry weather, we might need a little bit of a shower break to take a breath ourselves.
2: Well, take a breath and settle down some of the dust we might generate.
0: Maybe. All right, buddy, we'll follow up on this story and see if you stick with it tomorrow, okay?
2: Sounds like a plan. Take All care. Right.
0: See you later. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live on a Thursday morning with a forecast that's going to provide you the opportunity to use your sunglasses, it sounds like. Coming up, uh, we are talking not only about uh, the weather and its influence in the marketplace, but we've got our friends from EverEgg this morning. Zach Bauer going to break down the butter market for us. This
1: is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: In the field, the right partner can make all the difference. One that's dependable, straightforward, and is there when you need them. That's LG Seeds. From our hybrids and soybean varieties to our service and support, reliability is in everything we do. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit LGseeds.com for more information.
6: Your tough jobs, the really big ones, deserve a hard-working John Deere
3: tractor from Sloan Implement. Right now, get 0% for five years and $1,000 off on a 5E series tractor. No matter the size of your work, the John Deere 5E is the perfect fit. And when you take a seat on your tractor, your land stands to benefit. 0% for 60 months. Some restrictions apply. See Sloan Implement for details. Offer ends 10 22
9: you're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers Emsculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're
5: looking for. Emsculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at carbonworldhealth.com.
10: The busy harvest season creates tremendous stress for farmers, workers, and families. This is John Shutsky, Farm Safety Specialist with the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Because of the heavy dependence on changing conditions, farming is recognized as one of the most stressful occupations in America. It's also one of the most dangerous. During the harvest rush, take time for yourself. You'll be better prepared to handle the crunch time stress if you fuel your body. Eat breakfast and strive for balance when you take those important breaks for lunch and dinner. While it's easy to feel rushed, get plenty of quality sleep. Take time for your family and your friends because one of the best ways to deal with the stress of farming is to talk openly with those who are closest to you. It's also smart to take a little bit of time every week, like on a Sunday afternoon, to think about and plan your week ahead. Write down the critical tasks and goals that you have and plan for the upcoming weather, family activities, and taking care of yourself.
8: Your next job could be as close as seven miles south of Madison. Truckty LLC in Oregon is growing and are now hiring in all areas, including builders, electricians, and electrical engineers, to name a few. You'll work at the same place every day. Schedules are flexible, pay scale is attractive, and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus. Plus, a huge advantage of being closer to work and saving on gas. Apply in person or online at T-R-A-C-H-T-E-U-S-A dot
10: Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We are the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com.
0: Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member
9: FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
3: Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com.
0: Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors.
1: I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Econom Walk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the Wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com.
7: There's not much to say when the performance says it all, so we'll just cut to the chase to let you know that Dairyland Seed corn brought the yield once again in 2021 first and university trials with 255 top five finishes, and we're poised to show you the yield again this year. To get updates on full 2022 corn performance results as they come in, visit DairylandSeed.com.
11: Talking about Badger hockey gets people a little pissed off. You yeah, know. Uh, I remember going as a kid; it was lit. It was like, it was like sellouts. Uh, it was packed. It, it was, it was sick. But now there's like two and, people there, and we were kind of talking about it air. It's
9: become more diluted because a lot of colleges are now elevating their hockey programs to Ugh. D1. But like the weird thing, okay, when you had. Uh ccha WCHA, which is no longer a men's conference, that dissolved. Um uh Hockey East and ECAC were like your big four that was it for college hockey. Yeah. I mean it and now you go there it's sad. Right. I i don't know. Don't you think, I don't though, know that what
7: it is. You could play devil's advocate and say that No, oh, it is it'll lose that for a team like wisconsin that has had history of national championships yeah. that probably in the hockey realm of things is looked at as a blue blood am i wrong on that oh like no you have absolutely. a lot of tradition and players in the NHL? moving into the big 10 where you had some of the lesser teams like a michigan state or a, a new program that was just started not too long ago in penn state that you would be able to beat the hell out of them because you just out recruit them easily. Right. Right. Right? right? Like yep. and, and like on paper, some of these Big Ten hockey schools are newer, correct? Because they weren't around the entire well, time. Look at Arizona
9: like, State. They're it, ball in the in the time it's Unbelievable. Since uh you know, when what I forget what year it became a sanctioned sport in the NCAA. But you're the you have the fourth most national championships in college hockey. Yeah, you're a blue blood. <laughs> I mean you're you're ahead of blue bloods that people think of in Boston College, BU, Minnesota. Uh-huh. Um, the mm-hmm. o- Denver, Michigan, and North Dakota are the ones ahead of you. And so It's Den- crazy. Denver and Michigan have nine. North Dakota has eight. You have six. Next three got that a riddle. I mentioned all have 5 so got a riddle. They can catch up to you pretty If soon. you're a blue
7: blood in a college sport, we'll, we'll we'll liken this to college football so that I understand it myself. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Alabama... Adam. And I'm a long time yep. blue blood that I'm down for maybe 10, 15 years. Yep. I go
11: and get Nick Saban.
7: Even if you had a, a pretty solid coach,
11: <laughs> you can go and replace him Honestly, with a better coach. I don't coach. know who you go get. That's a... Mark Johnson, the Nick Saban of women's hockey. That's, that's, that that's why I'm using
7: this as an example. Like, USC had, had a lot of success in the past, Pete Carroll kind of revived that in the early 2000s. They were down for a little bit. They went and got Rick Lincoln Riley, another top coach in the country. If you are a blue blood, why can't Wisconsin go out and find another top coach?
9: Yeah, and like I said, this is one of those things. Like this top coach, I I don't know who who those people are. (laughs) Like I don't know hockey well enough to be like, oh yeah, go get this guy. This is why I'm using it in
7: a a football net (laughs) comparison because. I don't know those names either.
11: <laughs> we got when we'll, we'll ask Barry about it when he gets here. I mean, the,
7: am I wrong on that thinking? It's like if you're that one of those top programs in the country, if you brought in a big name like Tony Granato and it didn't work, shouldn't you easily be able to say, "Well, we'll see you later. We're going to find the next big name." It's yeah. just like Alabama finding Saban. It's just like USC. Yeah, because look at Lincoln all your and history Riley. and
11: you're winning. And like, look at the guys
7: we
9: have
11: in the NHL. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean,
9: it, it's one of those. Uh, I'm not even there, a big hockey guy. There's but enough. Good coaches out there. That it, it's kind of crazy. They they played for Bob Johnson, <laughs> and now they're getting towards retirement age in yeah. in, in itself. But there's enough people or Jeff Sauer. There's there's enough college coaches at a whole bunch of levels that played at Wisconsin. That I mean, you don't need a Wisconsin
11: guy. Right? Here, here here we go. Here I got a new new follower. Uh, Ebo says uh, whisk Luke. Hey, whisk Luke. Luke the Law Hand. He's big hockey guy. Uh, he said, tweeted at you too, Rowdy. He says, awful defense and occasionally better than average tending are hallmarks of the Granado era, where he's had two winning seasons, and of one of those was the good portion of an Eves four-year cycle. Uh, see, Eaves had to go because the boosters were tired of his boring offensive style, and those last two seasons, were, they were a bad they portion bad. of his four-year yeah. cycles, but were just too low of lows. And Granado's other winning season was one where we had the best player in the country, and the best player here in a decade or more, and saw postseason embarrassment rather than success. Yeah, when they lost in the postseason to Mabiji State, we were all like, "What is happening?" We and now were, they said like the ice, the slow ice, this and that. There was some excuses coming out, but what the, the, they lost it was crazy. Remember,
7: we were at our very first golf simulator. Thank album.
11: you, Luke. Appreciate it, Luke.
7: And we had it on the TVs. Yep. And people were complaining about like the soupy ice. Yeah. But still, you were a one seed with the best player in college hockey against Bemidji State.
11: And both teams are playing on that soupy ice. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate the insight. We're...
1: Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: We are talking butter prices with our friend Zach Bauer, one of the broker analysts with Everag. Butter prices continue to climb at the retail level, and prices keep going up in Chicago. What's going on behind the scenes that consumers and dairy producers need to know about? Zach's going to explain it coming up in about 15 minutes. I'm Pam Yonke. Really glad you're along with us on this Thursday. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful day today. 56 are expected high. Tomorrow, sunshine and 71. Saturday, sunshine now up to 73. Sunday, sunshine and 72. Does look like things are going to change a little bit coming up on Monday, but I think, boy, given this kind of weather, a lot of harvest hopefully is going to help to unfold. Talking more about that in just a moment. So, today is the 20th day of October. On this day back in 1982, a lot of Brewer fans' hearts were broken. The Brewers had made it into Game 7 against the St. Louis Cardinals to figure out who was going to be world champions. Well, the Cardinals won the series four games to three, but the Brewers were there in the World Series on this day back in 1982. On this day in 1968, Jacqueline Kennedy marries Aristotle Onassis, On this day in 1973, the Sydney Opera House doors were opened. And happy birthday this morning to actor John Krasinski. He's 43. And Snoop Dogg, also celebrating a birthday. And happy anniversary to country music artist Clint Black and his actress wife Lisa Hartman, married on this day back in 1991 and still together. So now you know well, I want you to know there's a lot of conversations and newspaper headlines you are going to see talking about turkey shortages going into the holiday month of November. First advice the National Turkey Association's giving consumers here in the United States is, if you're worried, shop early. A lot of what you see is going to be dictated by supply, demand, chains behind the scenes. They say there are tur- turkeys available, frozen turkeys are available but you are going to maybe want to think about shopping early. That's the same message that Canadian consumers were getting, but many Canadians ended up with no turkey for their Thanksgiving. See, in Canada, they celebrate Thanksgiving on the second Monday of October, so theirs is already passed. But because of avian influenza's impact on poultry production, not just in the United States but across North America, some Canadians went without turkey. Uh, Most provinces had localized outbreaks, so the disease itself was not of concern, but the uh, previous impact of avian influenza from earlier this spring was being felt. The Canadian Turkey Board had told people that products would be short in supply and to shop early. But then the week before Canada's Thanksgiving, the Canadian Food Inspection Service announced that American poultry products would not be allowed across the border without official documentation. So Canadian consumers that normally would have jumped the border for their grocery-buying trips ended up not being allowed to bring U.S. poultry products into Canada. Tyler Metcalf is the owner of Adrian's Meats in Lethbridge, Alberta. He said he ended up with no fresh turkey to sell for Thanksgiving, and he was even sold out of frozen turkeys weeks before Canada's Thanksgiving. I think
11: you're seeing kind of a perfect storm affecting the turkey supply. I've started to see larger companies who normally don't deal with smaller local places reaching out looking for local turkeys to fill their gap, and that's just causing a strain. There's only so many to go around. We had one farmer that contacted us that we normally buy turkey from, and they said that they did have an avian flu outbreak in their barn earlier in the season. But because of that, they were unable to grow new turkeys.
0: Tyler Metcalf, again, owner of Adrian's Meats in Alberta, Canada. Michael Plossey is a turkey producer himself in Winnipeg. He says he was only able to ship about 20% of his fresh turkeys this year. He says this year reminds him of the 2015 avian influenza outbreak. And for him, having lived through that experience seven years ago, Well, he says this time around actually feels worse. In
9: 2015, we put down 56,000 turkeys. That was two-thirds of our turkey production annually. Is this worse than 2015? And, And I actually say yes, because now I know what's coming. In 2015, you really didn't know what was coming. But now, once we've been through it, you take it very, very seriously.
0: That's Canadian turkey producer Michael Plasi. You know, a lot of turkey producers, not just in Canada, but across the United States, continuing to be on guard for their existing flocks. We just had another positive case of avian influenza in a backyard flock in St. Croix County. And although that only involved just a couple birds, it does remind you that the disease is out there. The Canadian border officials are taking this very seriously right now in Canada Items that are not permitted include raw poultry meat, frozen turkeys and chickens, raw table eggs, raw pet food, and raw poultry items for pet food, as well as feathers. None of that can come into Canada, specifically from the United States. So, a story that we are going to continue to monitor, obviously, As we get ready for Thanksgiving here in the United States, we'll be talking with the National Turkey Federation and also our grocery supply chain to make sure if they are worried, we pass the information on to you. Speaking of passing on the information, don't forget Zach Bowers from Everag is going to be joining us live. related glitch that we want you to be aware of. Butter prices continue to climb. What did they do yesterday? Markets are up next. Don't let a score get you down or influence your tailgating activities. Hook up with Bavaria sausage and make everybody smile. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee from Judy and the crew to you. Reminding you that they are ready to back you up when it comes to a great tailgating experience. Change things up a little bit. Judy tells me that one of their favorites is Old four Salami. It is their number one seller made from very lean pork. It's got a real European flavor and can really put a spin on your tailgating trays. Then don't forget about all the cheese that Bavaria sausage has. From medium, which is about six months of age, right on to a four-year-old cheddar, they age it in-house, so you know it's going to be great. Shop now online, BavariaSausageKitchen.com, Bavaria Sausage Kitchen on Facebook, or better yet, their retail hours at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitzrona Road, in Fitchburg, 9 until 5, Monday through Friday. Tell them the farm babe sent you.
8: Compeer Financial wishes farmers and agribusiness a safe harvest season. Stay in touch with your local Compure team throughout the year to see how they can help make your plans a reality. Exceptional client experience at the heart of everything they do. Visit compure.com or call 844-426-6733 today. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.
0: All righty, just a quick look at markets before we catch up with our friend Zach Bowers from Ever Ag. Yesterday in Chicago, not a lot of action on our dairy complex. Barrel cheese was the only thing that moved up a penny and a half to 220 and a half. 40 pound block cheese, AA butter, both unchanged. Fluid milk contracts for November also unchanged right now 2130 100 weight. December milk traded 30 cents stronger yesterday to 2001. 100 weight. In overnight electronic trade December corn is up a penny at 679. November soybeans are up 4 at 1376. December wheat's up 4 at 845 a bushel. A lot of producers are continuing to keep an eye on the news out of the Mississippi River region, talking about just exactly how many barges are going to be able to make the trip down to the Gulf and loaded at what level. Nick Thone is one of those keeping an eye on the news. He is a grain operator in Jefferson. He says a majority of soybeans in his region are normally shipped via barge for the export market. But he says with low water levels all up and down the Mississippi River, he said barges can't be filled as full, sometimes even half of normal loads. That, in turn, is impacting your local grain elevator price.
12: Yeah, definitely through the form of basis. So you have a basis at the Gulf, and then that is passed upstream to different barge loading facilities. From there, it would get passed to, like, your local elevator, depending on where their market typically is. And I would say a good portion of the beans in Wisconsin, maybe on this southern third part of the state, end up flowing to a river at some point for export, or they would go into a container market.
0: That's Nick Thone. He's one of the grain elevator operators out of Jefferson that's continuing to keep an eye on water levels and barge traffic on the Mississippi. And let's remember... A lot of right now what we focus on the Mississippi is taking our grain to the Gulf. But remember, those barges also bring up to Wisconsin and Minnesota things like fertilizer on their return trip. So it's a story we're going to continue to monitor. Butter, I'm monitoring that story for sure. Boy, oh boy, the local store brand butters, if you're lucky, maybe around five bucks a pound. But that price continues to climb. Why? Zach Bowers with Everag is next.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
5: In the field, it's good to have a friend you can count on. One that's hardworking, trustworthy, and always shows up. Just like LG Seeds. Our corn hybrids and soybean varieties deliver consistent performance across all your acres giving you reliable yield you can expect. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information.
8: Your next job could be as close as seven miles south of Madison. Tructee LLC in Oregon is growing and are now hiring in all areas, including builders, electricians, and electrical engineers, to name a few. You'll work at the same place every day. Schedules are flexible, pay scale is attractive, and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus, plus a huge advantage of being closer to work and saving on gas. Apply in person or online at T-R-A-C-H-T-E-U-S-A dot
1: From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And
0: glad you're along with us. Uh, Also along with us on this Thursday morning is our friend Zach Bauer. He is one of the broker analysts with the Everag crew out of Chicago, joining us live this morning. Let's jump right to it, Zach. I've been getting a lot of conversations coming my way about escalated prices on butter and the fact that it really doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. Uh, Boy, you know, like I said, uh, store Brands around here in the Madison area Five bucks a pound for butter And we've got over three bucks In Chicago what's going on here
12: Yeah Butter has really been the shining star Of the dairy industry all year um, uh, Although cheese isn't Far behind at the two plus dollar range You know three, three, three to three twenty butter um, Is unheard of we've made all Time high records uh, on The spot market for butter prices Not only did we do that, but we've actually been able to hang out here for more than one month. Uh, If you look back at history, only two other times have we even come close to touching these levels, uh, roughly in the 290 range. And we did that for one month and afterwards you fell about 90 cents in butter. So this is a really, really uh, different year for butter. Um, and, And one of the main driving factors of that is one, we've seen a lot of Cows leave the herd in a lot of these key butter-producing states, right? If you look at where a lot of butter's made, it's California, and New Mexico, Arizona. Um, you go look at a map of where we're losing cows; it's going to match up pretty, pretty directly with those uh, with those states there. The other major factor contributing to it as well too is all the new cheese plants we've built. Uh, and the difference between a cheese plant now versus in the past was. When a glambia or whoever it is goes and puts out a uh, 8 million a pound a day cheese plant uh, and it costs them a billion dollars, they want to make sure it's going to be run efficiently. And to do so, they want it full of milk 100% all the time. So these butter plants, instead of running at full capacity, we're seeing them run at 20, 30, 40% capacity because all that milk any excess milk that's out there is being soaked up by these cheese plants on long-term contracts. So they can't even move the milk into a class four plant when you have, you know, $19 class three and $24 class four. You know, and if you look back at history, they would have shifted that milk out of a class three plant into a class four plant um, because that's where the value was at. And in time driving that price back down by overproducing. We're not seeing that again this year. Um, so the million dollar question on whether or not or when uh butter is going to come down is what's on everybody's mind so we've got we're walking into holiday demand season right now that's probably going to wrap up uh you know within the next two to three weeks right so that's that's a very large demand um that could potentially be falling away but on the other hand we're walking into uh 2023 with 20 to 25 percent less butter in cold storage than we typically have at this time of year either and we're not really going to start building uh inventories of butter until you know late january through march uh that's you know typically your flush where you're going to see more butter built so if we don't see um any large increase in milk production or excess milk in some of these key class four states our cold storage of butter could potentially remain very tight going into twenty twenty three and keeping that product supported.
0: No um, yeah with that with that thought in mind, I've got to jump ahead and ask you, Zach, today we get the u s. milk production report. What are you guys as broker analysts expecting?
12: Exactly. so we are starting to see and and expecting and forecasting the second month at a low in a row of increased milk production last month uh it was came out at 1.6 a little bit of a shock to the world that we we grew that much on milk production this month uh or this report here we're we're projecting 0.8 percent so eight tenths of a percent uh so continued growth but versus kind of weak comparables if you look to last year this is really when we started diving on milk cow numbers um we also saw some seasonal heat last year, so it's going to be an interesting number again today. But should see a positive one, which potentially could put some pressure onto the butter market.
0: You're you're still seeing you're still feeling though like cows are exiting the herd.
12: Oh yeah, yep, yeah. I mean, you you check the the websites. You know, every day it seems like there's another dairy herd going up for sale, uh, and really specifically in those those southwest west areas where they're dealing with you know, extremely high feed costs. Um, They have extremely high water costs, and some of them are running out of water completely at the same time. So you're continuing seeing uh, added pressure on the bottom line from some of these added costs out there, which is only going to continue to increase the herd dispersals, in, in my opinion.
0: Now, when you say herd dispersals, are those cows going someplace else, or are they going to meet?
12: I would say about 50-50. So, there there has been strong um, growth in, you know, that the I-29 region, Iowa, South Dakota, where we saw, you know, a couple hundred thousand cows get added. There, there's still cows being added there. There's still dairies being built there. So, some of those are being um, picked up to milk, uh, but a lot of them are ending up in beefs. Um, and if you go to look at our heifer pipeline, we, we really don't have a very strong heifer pipeline to see a very large dramatic growth uh, of the U.S. dairy herd into the future.
0: Well, buddy, I can tell that you had your Wheaties already this morning. You are wound up and ready to go for a Thursday, and I appreciate it all very much, Zach. Uh, uh, We don't have any more time, or we definitely keep the conversation going, but I appreciate the update. Everybody talking about butter, and now you've got more of the the behind-the-scenes information on why butter prices are where they're at right now. And like Zach said, likely going to stay there at least for a little while. Zach Bauer, broker analyst with our friends from EverEgg. You can find them online, ever.egg, if you've got questions or want to handle some risk management on your own. Catch up with you tomorrow morning, same time, same channel.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with...